All right, y'all, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Show. Uh, this week we got a special guest with us, someone I've known a while, uh, Tim Bolin. So, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Excited. Yeah, I'm glad to be here <laughs> yeah. with you. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, you know, I was listening to the show since the beginning, and like the first episode, I think you were introducing yourself, and I was yeah. like, a lot of it is very similar. It was like, uh, grew up in Charlotte, Old Providence. Elementary. Yep. yep. Carmel. Carmel for one year for and bit. then struggled there and it was too big. So yeah. transferred to Covenant Day. Yeah. So like, but you were going through it and it was like, grew up, loved basketball. It was like everything about it. I was like, yeah. We played as a Y together, didn't yeah. we? Yep. Yeah. It was like all of that was the exact same, but, um, but yeah, just grew up here, um, went to, uh, ECU, uh, got married, two kids now. Living the dream. Doing the dad life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much it there you go um so what's been going on recently with you kind of we've talked prior um you know about some mental health stuff stuff i've struggled with and then some recent stuff that you know yeah. is kind of new in your life so yeah. share with us about that a little bit if you yeah. don't mind well it never was like a thing that i thought about um and then it all started with a, a panic attack which i'd never had before and i've luckily never had since but um I, it's funny, my wife has anxiety and she talks about it and she works on it. Uh, but, um, we have two little kids and my daughter was, you know, it's 3am one night and we're up in her room trying to get her down. And my wife's just kind of at it. She's very, you know, her anxiety is kind of at a top level and, um, we finally get her down and I text her the next day from work saying like, Hey, let's, when I get home, let's talk about what we can do for like your anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then like, oddly enough that day while I was at work, I started to feel kind of weird. Like my heart was racing. Um, normal decisions that I make every day at work started to get like, feel like huge major decisions. Yeah. Um, I just knew something was like weird. Something was off. So then I get home, we're having dinner and, um, I'm telling my wife, like, hey, why don't you just let me take the bottles and just take her tonight just so you can sleep? Because I, yeah. I'm like the kind of person I feed off of other people's energy. And like that's how crazy. I am, too. Which um, later I found out, like, with my diagnosis is kind of a part of it. But, um, yeah, I feed off especially her energy like crazy. If she's in a bad mood, it, it brings me down. If she's in a happy mood, it's like everything's great. Yeah. It's more than just like happy wife, happy life. It's like it is literally that. But <laughs> yeah. it's, it's more it's, it, I feed off other people. Um, so I was like, I need you to be relaxed. So let me take her tonight. Yeah. And so you're good. And then that way I'll be good. And, um, and she was tired. So she was kind of like, you know, cool. That works. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're at dinner and like my, and I'm still feeling that weird feeling from earlier. My yeah. son is making a ton of noise. He's two at the time. My daughter's a couple months old. I mean, six months old, maybe. And, He's making a ton of noise. She's moving around like crazy. It's just kind of a sensory overload. Yeah. And then I just kind of lose it. I just break down. Um, for me, it was just like kind of a panic feeling, but just like uncontrollable, like tears and emotion. And, uh, but I just like, there wasn't a specific thing that triggered it. It was just kind of like, it just added up, added up, added up. And like my wife thought I was, she didn't realize at first. She thought I was laughing because my head was down. And then she realized and she jumped up real quick and came around the table and was like, you know, consoling me. And mm -hmm. she kind of figured that's what it was, um, pretty like immediately. Um, so I just went to the other room and relaxed. Finally, like she took the kids upstairs to get them ready for bed. And then 
but I feel like I'm good. I came upstairs and we put the kids down and then I came down and I'm sitting at the table. My wife's got the TV on and I'm like, Hey, that was like, that was weird. I don't know what that was. And then it's just like, boom. And then it had just like happened again, but like way worse. Mm -hmm. And, um, just couldn't control it. I kept saying like, it feels like someone just threw these tears at me. Like, I don't know why it's happening. Just a rush of emotion, which was the main thing that was freaking me out. I was like, I, I can't point to anything right now, but I just can't control this. Yeah. Um, so that was probably like, I don't know, another hour of that. And I, and it wasn't like, you know, panic, panic attacks can seem like, you know, feeling like you're going to die and mm-hmm. heart attack. Yeah. Even, yeah. And I wouldn't say it was like that, but it was definitely something I never experienced before. Scary. Definitely like anxiety, panic feelings. Um, but, on but really I just, I couldn't stop. Even when I felt like I was going to stop, it just happened again out of nowhere, like mid sentence. And I was like, what is happening? So that once I finally settled down that night, that is what made me like set up an appointment to go talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause I was like, I don't want this to happen again. Or if it does, I want to be prepared for it. With, yeah medicine or somebody to talk to or what um so that's what set me up to talk to somebody so when i got in to talk to somebody they did a little evaluation kind of came down to you doesn't seem like this has happened since you don't seem like you're having any issues now so it might be a one-off experience that's kind of what the appointment was ending at which i was in one way cool with i was like all right let's i'm glad it's nothing more serious than that um but i was also like I don't want more answers because it never happened before. And yeah, you didn't know so what was weird going on and, with your body. Um, and, but then he, so he's like, is there anything else you want to talk to me about? And there had been something that I had noticed about myself in the last couple of years that I was like, yeah. So I do these things where like, I have these weeks or months or days where I, for some reason have just a burst of energy. Yep. Um, feel like I can conquer the world. Like I, ideas left and right that I can't even keep up with. Um, different projects that I just start all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, very talkative, which is like typically not like me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and other people can notice it. Um, but then it will eventually inevitably go away when it does. I don't, I don't just go back to normal. I go a little too far down where I feel like I can't do anything. You're going from one extreme to the other kind of. And when I start telling him that he literally like looks at me, he kind of is like, I could see it in his eyes. Like, he's like, okay, now we got something. And so he pulls up his like DSM book, mm-hmm. starts going through some stuff and starts asking me questions. And I was like, yeah, like everything he's asking, like, do you have this? And yeah, that sounds familiar. And he was like, this sounds a lot like bipolar. I was like, that was kind of a, a shock. Yeah. Because I knew, I felt like it was probably something, but I didn't know, like the way I put it was. I knew what happened to me, what my kind of experience was, and I knew that bipolar existed. I had no clue that that's what that was. Like, had you done know. research prior to going no. to the doctor? To not at all. I kind of just like the term like manic depressive. Yep, is what I would use. I didn't know that that's like literally what it was called before mm-hmm. it was called bipolar. Um, so you know, I just yeah, I didn't know anything about it. Um, so I kept saying I have this manic depressive thing. Uh, that's what it feels like because I feel kind of manic. And then when I come down, it's not just normal. It's a little bit more depressed. Um, turns out that's exactly what it was. Um, so then we kind of went into it a little bit more and a uh, couple more evaluations, talked to a psychiatrist and then was officially diagnosed bipolar. Um, that's probably like September of last year. And uh, which to me was, it was not like there was no negative feeling about being okay. diagnosed for me. That's good. Cause you had, there answers. was no, there was no shame. It was all like relief. Um, there was no shame about 
talking to some somebody about it i was it was excited and kind of relief to like okay now i can figure it out yeah um because it's not like when you hear bipolar and it is like the thing that i didn't know and most people don't know is that it's just a spectrum like most other things mm-hmm. so when you hear it you think of somebody who's at least i did and it's in an immature way to look at it but it's like somebody's laughing one minute crying the next yeah and that's you know and i guess and maybe that can happen but that's not really it um for me it's a uh it's not both sides are not too far off of the center i don't get too crazy manic mm-hmm. and i don't get too depressed um it's it's kind of uh, a mild on each side of the yeah. each side of the coin really and so it's like it's not the great and, and the manic side is great like yeah. that's like that's, i've been manic a bunch <laughs> that's what people and it's like and that's that's part of the reason why it's really often misdiagnosed as depression because nobody really goes to see anybody when they're manic because they feel great. Especially yeah. if it's like a hypomania, like a kind of what I experienced, which is like a, like a lower level. You're not in psychosis. You have full consciousness. You're, 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 you're kind of handling everything. It's not really affecting like your, your day-to-day life. You just have this conquer the world kind of energy. Yeah. Um, at least I did. Um, but it just kind of gets, um, it, get, it, it, it just got exhausting Yeah. Oh, to yeah. know that it like, it's going to stop. I was talking to my therapist and I was like, I think what happened was it was different stages. Like I knew that it was, or I didn't know that it was happening. Mm -hmm. It was just my daily and yearly just life experience. That's, and it would happen. And then I started to notice that it would happen. And even I would know that it was going to happen, but it didn't bother me. I was just like, yeah, this is, I guess I'm having one of those times when I'm up or down. And then it did start to bother me um, where I'd start to notice and be like, when I was manic, kind of dreading it, because you know the fall no one's gonna stop like without and my wife even said after all this she was like i had said to her once when i got really i what i would do is i would get really focused on something or into a hobby or topic like but way too much and she would say something about it and i would say like just let me do it because it's gonna stop eventually and like in hindsight she's like well i, I should have recognized something there but that's just how it felt. I was like, let me just ride this out because I know it's not going to last. Yeah. I'm going to use it while I got it. Um, but then at the end, it was just exhausting. It was just like, it was exhausting to be manic knowing that it's not like, you know, legit. Yeah. Like, it's just it's, something's causing this, like a chemical imbalance is making me feel this way. Um, but the fact that it would just kind of, I knew it was going to stop was exhausting. And that was why I really, you know, wanted to get on something and, you know, talk to somebody about it. Yeah. I mean, and it's scary. I mean, for me, um, mine was like lack of sleep, drug induced. And, um, then I couldn't differentiate what was real and what was not real. I was in an alternate kind of, and and it was scary. Well, and that's, and then, and I was also like, I knew I didn't have those type of experience, but I was like, but I was worried that I could have those experiences. It's funny, like like I said, it, my thing was like I would get hyper focused on something, whatever it was, a certain topic. Just randomly, I would get super focused on one thing, and it was not just like I was really interested in something. It was like that's the only thing that brought me any kind of joy in those times. Like if I wasn't thinking about um, whatever topic I was at the time, like whether mm-hmm. it was like like I got really hooked on watches, which is such a, such a random topic. I've always loved watches, mm-hmm. but. I was diving into it so much that if I wasn't like listening to a podcast about it or watching a video about it, um, my mind was always going back. I couldn't focus on anything else. So it was impeding my work. I was still working and, and you know, everything was going fine. But like, 
even when I was supposed to be doing something else, all I wanted to do was get back to that thing. Um, so it was just kind of so deep into whatever that, that was that, um, it's just draining. Yeah. And how, um, looking back, did you notice anything as a kid growing up? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, and it's supposed like, like the onset, I guess, is they say like as young as 15, but that's not really common. Okay. Uh, It's usually like young adult, like 18, 20, 25, um, for men. Um, but I absolutely like, I remember there was a time in high school where I, I, my grades were not great. And you know, my parents are getting me on it and I, I, I could, I know where I was sitting in the house we used to live in. I knew, exa- I can remember the situation vividly. And I said, I know that I have to do these things I, or like, I think I said, I want, I know that I should be motivated to do this, but I can't like, for some reason I can't, I want to be motivated so bad, but I can't. And that was kind of a looking back. That was the first kind of sign of like a depressed side of things, just that inability to move. Yeah. Um, I heard one thing. Uh, when I was doing a lot of research about bipolar, um, that just like nailed it completely. When I heard it, I think I even like might have like cried. I was like, "This is this sums it up in like handful of words." And yeah. it was like, "When I'm manic, I can't stop, and when I'm depressed, I can't start." Uh-huh, I agree with that a hundred percent. Like that was just like I was like, "That's it completely." Um, but yeah, there was definitely times, and and the other thing is like like I said, like there's nothing, there's no negative feeling about being diagnosed. But the thing that hit me the most was like, I felt, it's like, I felt bad for myself of like when I was 20, like, it's like, I felt for the 20 or 18, you know, 20 year old version of me, I felt yeah. bad for that guy because, because if I knew and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. back then I probably wouldn't even have wanted to address it or would yeah. have been more resistant to getting treatment or whatever. But it's like for all the times that I, say I lost when I lost the motivation that I, you know, for some reason had that the negative thoughts of myself of like, man, I guess I'm just not the kind of person that can stick to things or I'm lazy or, you know, it's like, that's what kind of hit me the most emotionally. It was like, damn, I wish I could have known that then that would help maybe a yeah. little bit to know that it's not just me. There's, there's a chemical, it's imbalance. A, there's a literal like chemical imbalance in the brain. That's, that's, you know, and I have control over things for sure, but like there, that's at least something that that's contributing would have, you know, been nice to know when I was like 20, you know, yeah. and thinking of like, damn, I just like, I guess I just, I'm not the kind of person that can stick to things. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's frustrating, yeah. you know, for anyone, but especially at that age when you're in, you know, college trying to figure out your life and yeah. path and yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, there's plenty of times thinking back that I, it's like, it's like you should have noticed it, but it took a panic attack to, to even talk to somebody about it. So it's like, I'm thankful for that yeah. you know, happening. Cause I wouldn't have, you know, even thought to talk to somebody about it. Yeah. Or even been like, is this bipolar? What is yeah. this? It's just me being off or late. Like you said, yeah, which is frustrating, but, um, yeah. so what is Tim doing now that, you know, since diagnosed, how has life been since been really like really good. I, I got the right medicine. Like I, I tried medicine, I, uh, first one didn't work side effects, stuff like that, but I got on the right stuff ramped up to the, the dose that I'm at now. And it's just, it, it works. And I think it, you know, I guess they say like, if you, if you don't really notice it, it's really working kind of yeah, yeah. like, so I, I don't, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I had that really swing. I certainly have days here and there. I had like a day or a week, um, a couple of weeks ago where I felt 
kind of down, mm-hmm. um, kind of that unable to start kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, but talking to a therapist too, and you know, she kind of helps me. She's great. She, you know, just kind of guides through those times and works on, you know, helps me work on ways I can recognize patterns and try to track when something's, you know, yeah. like that's going to start or, figure out what, what's the right routine. Like I'm very, I'm a very routine person. If I get outside of my, it's not like I have a wake up at 4 a.m. Mark Wahlberg style, (laughs) like routine, (laughs) but it's just like my, my day to day. If it, if things change, it can throw me off, you know, a bit. Um, so I'm that she's helped me not necessarily figure out the routine, but figure out that a routine is important for me. Yeah. Um, And routines, big for anyone yeah. someone that it doesn't even have bipolar mm. um because i mean i was in routines but i used to be in unhealthy routines yeah. um so that's where i was you know hitting manic and yeah you know ending up in jail psych wards you right. name it on a wednesday tuesday yeah. night and then if like the funny thing about <laughs> um like me mm-hmm. is that um it, like people can it's like common things for the for the uh manic you know for the extreme manic is, is those types of things like either like, like uh, substance abuse or like uh, being like risky with sex and experiences yeah. and stuff like that. None of that is me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny because most of what I hooked on is like healthy things, which is good. It's just, it's like silly. It's like, I'll get really hooked on like eating a certain way mm-hmm. or, and, uh, or like running or like triathlon. I did that. Oh, like, wow. Like it, it's, it's funny to like talk about, but it's like, cause it's like, so what you're getting hooked on great, healthy things, Yeah, but it's still like, it's still the take away what the topic is. It's still, it's still draining and exhausting to know that it's not. Cause you're putting everything into that. It's putting so much, it's taking so much energy to focus on these things. And I, and as I'm doing that, I'm in, like talking to myself, like, this is not going to last. Like this is going to stop. Eventually I'm just going to wake up one day and I, I will have no interest in these things. And that sucks because it's like, I want to get, you know, these are good things. Yeah. Um, and it feels like false, you know, kind of feels like, um, like imposter syndrome type stuff of like wanting to do, to do these things, but not knowing if they're real or not. Yeah. You know, if that, is it me or is it something else that's causing me to, you know, get into these things. So, so how is that? Like, um, is it me or is it, you know, my chemical imbalance warning me, yeah. like, how do you differentiate and how are you like, how that's is that? Tough. Like, that's been tough. That's been probably like, for me, the toughest part is cause like anytime I get excited about something, I'm like, I like pump the brakes. I'm like, wait, is this, you know, do I don't, I don't, maybe I don't want to go to, maybe I don't want to watch this YouTube video. That's going to trigger me to get hooked on something for a month. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of tough. Um, cause it, like I've told my therapist recently, I was like, I, I wasn't feeling great, but I was like, I feel like I'm just waiting for that. I'm waiting to catch that for something to spark, you know, and I get hooked on something. It, it feels good and, if, you know, it, but it's, um, ha- you know, it hasn't happened. And I got to figure out a way to kind of balance being able to, like, accept that when it does happen, but being able to manage, like, the extent to which I, I get into it. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Like, oh, yeah. say I get something, you know, I, something sparks my interest, like allowing myself to get into it, you know, or... Uh, or kind of go down that path, but also being able to rein myself in. Um, that's, how are you doing that? Reining yourself, or how have you been? Like it, um, talking to my wife for sure. She's been, she's really good at recognizing my pattern. She'll tell me like if it's like not even like in a. She's great about it. She won't. It's not like a, she'll be like, hey, you don't might not want to do this, but it's like she'll at least bring it to my attention. Like, 
seem like you're really focused on this. And it's like, and then I'll like, I appreciate it. I'm like, I know. But then sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know, but I just want to. Just let me do it. Yeah. Um, she's, she's been so, she has this, like this, I don't know if it's a mom switch or just <laughs> her. Like she has this way to just like flip a switch and just completely turn into like, she takes care of everything. Like when I had the panic attack, it was like, she, she had just, like I said, just that mm. night been like. Having anxiety. Very, and... very anxious. And at the dinner table, she was still like exhausted and anxious and like a flip of the switch she just like she's like nope i'm good and she said she can feel it herself too she's like something happens and i i can just that's got to be a mom switch right it something. is like it's she just i don't know i'm just lucky that you're lucky to have her for sure um but yeah it's uh finding a balance of like still allowing myself to do things uh that's definitely been the most complicated you know oh yeah because you're like Am I, is this going to be bipolar yeah. or is it going to be me actually interested in wanting yeah. to do if it's, this? It's like, if it's not an already established thing that I like, like I love basketball. Like yeah. I'm, I'll tell my, I'll tell you like the NBA playoffs are going on right now. just started. Like I'm telling my wife all about, you know, when Luca comes back for game three and yeah. she's like, I don't shit. <laughs> uh, so like, if it's something that's, she knows I love, it's no big deal. But if it's something new every time it's like, is this, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So that's been kind of tough to, to balance, but. No, yeah. Um, so when this was going on at the beginning, um, were you worried about, you know, having kids and all this and how that could affect well, or not really? It just really made me like want to, uh, work on it more, you know? Um, cause I have two kids and not plan on being done anytime soon. Um, so yeah, just wanted to be like, everything I do is like, you know, when I want to, I've said this to like friends before, but it's like, it's not who I want to be. It's who I want their dad to be mm -hmm. more than, more than what I want to be. Um, so it's like, I want, I don't want their dad to be, to let something like this, like kind of hold them back. Yeah. And, or just not be willing to work on it. Yeah. Because like my wife said it before, it's like a great way of putting it like anxiety, for example, or anything like this. It's like the only thing it does is like, it steals joy from your daily life. Mm -hmm. So it is like, like imagine say, okay, say you're anxious or you have anxiety and we all know people who have yeah. pretty bad anxiety or just yeah. mild anxiety, whatever it is. Like imagine and say, yeah, but things are good, but imagine how better, how much better it could be if you just like, just talk to somebody about it. Yeah. And that's, and I've said it a bunch, like I never wanted to open up, you know, I bottled everything down, you know, no one could bother me kind of everything's yeah. good. Um, but then, you know, as events kept getting worse and worse. Um, I finally had to, you know, open up and Casey and I met in 2016 and then reconnected last year. And he's been someone that I can say whatever to no yeah. judgment. And, and since he knows my story and has been in, you know, similar, um, places like me, uh, he's able to relate and talk me down and calm me down, but just, opening up as you said and just getting it off your chest takes a you know yeah. a big relief away and that's it like it's not like that can do so much just talking to somebody about it um like it's you, you don't have to just jump to medicine like no. it's like it's it's just talk to somebody about it if, if it's even if it's not a professional just a friend or family whatever because like you don't like i'm i'm a huge believer in like everybody's got something you know mm -hmm. what i mean everybody's working on something um i think you said in like a show recently something like everyone's mountain is their mountain yeah something like that yeah um, some like a, a huge believer in that, and like everyone has something, and you might not even know what you got, yeah, until you talk. Like for example, um, so my 
my dad was he was type one diabetic, mm-hmm. and so part a big part of our childhood was you know him dealing with diabetes, and uh, another big part of that was what we called him was reactions, um, you know diabetic reactions, blood sugars too high, too low, whatever, and a very routine part of our growing up was a 3 a.m. ambulance call to the house. Wow. Um, very, very common to us. Um, my sister is the oldest. She first, I think she first, I know she knew how, her first time she dialed 911 for the ambulance was when she was four. Peace. So it was, it's, our whole life is very routine to the point where it was eventually just not, It, it we were never scared or yeah. worried. It was more just like. It was part of. It was, it was annoying. Yeah. Which is what it is. And like, Sound it feels bad to say, but it's like when I was in high school and it would happen, it's no worry, no, it was just part of what happens, and it was just like annoying that I'd have to get up at three to to do this, yeah, um, so we're talking about all this stuff at our house. you remember this time when this happened, yeah, 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 oh yeah, and then you had to do this. We're telling you these stories, and we're just like, yeah, yep, and we look over my wife's like literally like mouth open like. The most concerned look on her face. She was like, "Guys, this isn't normal." She was like, "This is like this is trauma," and we were like, "Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is." Yeah. So like, and we've all kind of started to learn that that mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I guess part of our childhood was, and like, we have like the best parents ever, you know, and they're like, our childhood was amazing, and like, I always viewed us as like the perfect family. Yeah. Um. But like, still, it's like, until you start talking about some stuff, you might not know. And then when you do, it feels good to get it out. And then, you, you know, it can trigger this other door to open. And then you can, and that might not, that might be scary to get into those things. Yeah. But. um, Feels better afterwards. It though. does. And it can feel, that's part of the reason I want to do this. Like. Yeah. Because we, I just like talking. If I, it, like, like I said, I'm, I'm not a huge talker, but if it's something that I care about or I'm passionate about, I'll go for days. Oh, know? yeah. Um, But yeah, it's just important to, to talk. Yeah, it's more than anything. And like I've always said, community, who you surround yourself with and um, having those people you can talk to. Therapists, doctors are great, but friends, family are the ones who know you the best and mm-hmm. um, can notice things. Like you've said, your wife has noticed, you know, yeah. when you're um, getting fixated on stuff and yeah. saying, hey, is this, you know, do we need to get into this? Because um, they can, you know. Yeah. call you out in a gentle way and be like, all right, what's going on kind of, and help you dial it in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you got diagnosed in September and something else happened, uh, yeah. Later that year. So, what- yeah. So then we get through like November and that's, you know, everything's good. I'm kind of getting used to the medicine and things are going good. And then the beginning of December, my dad got really sick. Um, he, he had Parkinson's as well. And he, um, I get a call one morning from my sister. Um, I'm like almost at work. It's like 7 a.m. And I was like, her calling me at 7 a.m. I was like, that's never happened before. Mm-hmm. So then um, she tells me that he had to go to the hospital. Um, it's, I can't remember the conversation exactly, but basically he was in the hospital with pneumonia. Um, and talking about things that are routine. Like we spent a lot of time in the hospital in our lives. So it's only been twice that I've been like, oh, this is different. Yeah. Um, once I was in college and my sister called me and said he had a heart attack hmm. and that's when like, but everything else, you know, and then this time, uh, I could tell that it was different, but it's happened so often that, you know, you call most people and say, Hey, your dad's in the hospital. It's, you know, pretty concerning for us. It's, it was a little more 
routine and kind of, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so he went to the uh, hospital with pneumonia and um, he, so he's basically with Parkinson's, he was, aspir- he was aspirating, he had fluid in his lungs. And what they said was basically with his Parkinson's, his body's not allowing himself to clear anything out of, you know, his lungs. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I go to the, we're going to visit him in the, in the ICU. And the first night I go see him, um, that was the first time where I was like, oh man, I was like, this is it. It's not routine. Yeah. I was like, I knew for sure just how he looked, how he sounded. I was mm-hmm. like, this isn't normal. And like, we could all tell. I was like, okay, this is it. Like, kind of could tell like immediately, like he, he didn't have much longer. Wow. So, um, yeah, that was, you know. Yeah. How, what, how are you feeling then? Like, cause it's routine, as you said, growing yeah. up. And then this is like, oh shit, this is real. Yeah. Kind it of. was, um, yeah, it was just different. Um, I, I remember coming down, my brother and I are, I think it's like two people in the room at that time. And so we're taking turns and my brother and I are hanging out with him and we come down at the end of, end of the night and he, uh, we just, and we're just talking. We're like, yeah, this is, this is not the same. Uh, not even that, like, I don't even know if that point, if we were hoping that it could turn around, I think we might've just known I did at least like, kind of immediately if this is probably it. Um, and I just remember like getting in the car and just kind of losing it. Um, and just, whole ride home just kind of knowing like wow mm. like that's gonna be gone soon and um that's tough yeah and uh a couple more days but like at that point we still were like all right it's not gonna last long but there was like we knew we weren't talking a year but we were like maybe weeks or months if we're lucky um potentially get him home on like hospice or something and uh maybe get a couple more months and then it very quickly turned into days and um and then he he, you know, he, he makes the decision of if he wants to go on hospice. And mm-hmm. so he, and he made that decision himself. Um, so we go home, um, get him set up in hospice. It's like such an incredible like service. Yeah. It's a, um, yeah. so they, you know, it was, it was great to get him home. We, we were able to like, you know, print out a bunch of pictures and put them up on the wall, trying to make the home, like the, the room as homey as possible. He was at home, but you know, that room is like a guest room and, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, as tough as it was, it was as good as we could have hoped it could be. Um, he was there for, um, I believe two days. It's you know, wow. Uh, and had family and friends coming in town. His best friend from growing up was able to come up from Florida and, um, see him. He's actually coming back this weekend. We're going to hang out with him more, just talk nice. stories. Yeah. Um, but Keep the memories going. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, the, the night that he passed was December 9th. It was like right before midnight. And it was like, like I said, as good as we could have hoped it could have been, uh, like, like my head was on his chest. Um, like my sister and I on one side, my mom and brother on the other, were all there. It's just us in the room. It's, it's like, if we could have picked how it would happen, it would have been that. Um, so yeah, so that, that was December. So then, uh, I was good through kind of what I went through with the bipolar stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, and then this hit and that kind of was like a, a whole new focus on dealing with stuff. Cause as much as we had dealt with growing up, like death wasn't really one of them. Yeah. It was just know? a hospital visit for, um, diabetes. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, growing up kind of like, um, yeah, it's like, well, we always got through it, you know? Yeah. So the loss wasn't really something we had dealt with yet. You know, my, we lost like, like my grandparents, mm-hmm. um, but uh yeah with him it was just something so new because he was your dad yeah of course and um that's always going to be tough no matter what age or anything like that um 
But yeah, so that was just another thing to kind of work through. So it's definitely like the end of 2021 was, you know, 2020 sucked from everyone, but 2021 <laughs> yeah. was so much worse <laughs> for, yeah. for us, uh, for me. But um, it was life changing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, it was just really a tough time, but get through it. You know, we're all, everyone had like, the good thing was like, we're all on the same page of, of everything of how, you know, coming home, hospice, you know, who's doing what everybody's just wanting to help everybody, yeah. my, my family. Um, so yeah, as, as much as it sucked, it was, you know, and it's tough. Like if I think about it, if I really think about it now, mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, it's never going to be easy. Um, but if I put my, I can sometimes put myself back in the room, you know, when, when it all happens, when just the five of us are in the room. Yeah. And, uh, when I think about the whole process, it's, it's, I, it's, I process it fine. But when I hit that kind of memory, it's like, it's tough. So that when that, and that pops up quite a bit, you know, my head. So, um, and how do you deal with that when that pops in? Like, is it at work or is it like, is it just, yeah. I mean, that's like, I have a, um, this frame, uh, at work that, um, filters through pictures Mm -hmm. and anybody can like send pictures, uh, on an app. So I have a ton of pictures of like my kids and nieces and nephews and stuff like that. But, um, anytime a picture of him comes up, like right in front of me at work, I'm like, Oh yeah. And, and for the longest time, I mean, it's still, sometimes you kind of have this like, Oh shit. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. It's like, that's the same feeling I have all the time. Like, Oh my God. Yeah, that's right. Like I got this tattoo of his signature. I like that. Uh, right here. Uh, that was actually off of my fourth grade report card. (laughs) But, uh, so then, but that's why I got it. I was like, I want to, I want it in a place that I see it a lot. And, um, you know, so I'll just see that and then think of him. So he's like, I want, it's like, you want to move on, but I also don't. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to move on from that. Cause I don't want to, you don't want to forget him. Miss um, yeah. It's like, I want to find the middle ground of like finding that balance between moving on, but also like keeping it right there, which is part of why I wanted to get the tattoo. Yeah. I keep it right in front of me. Yeah. Cause I got one. Um, Cause it was 2018. My dad and mom, uh, uncle and aunt were in South Africa on vacation. And then my dad's, uh, has AFib on crack basically. Um, but he got sepsis over oh, in South wow. Africa on vacation and he thought it was just his heart acting yeah. up. So he was just popping Tylenol, um, and told my mom to go out with the guide. She comes back. No one's on the grounds. She's like, where is everyone? sees one of the maids or whatever. And she's like, come, come. And there's like 20 people in uh, their room, like fanning my dad. And uh, long story short, he had less than 24 hours to live. Um, They uh, flew him to Botswana, a little village in a hut, stabilized him and then flew him to Cape town. And he was there for a couple weeks until he was able to come back. But the day he landed, cause I didn't, I wanted to go over there, but I was, I don't have money to go over there. And yeah. what can I do over there? Um, and I was like, mom, just shoot it straight with me. And she was like, I don't know if he's going to make it through the night. Like, um, cause I just wanted to prepare, you know? Yeah. And luckily, you know, he, uh, made it and came home. But the day he landed, you know, I got a tattoo with, his writing family and mm. uh, North Carolina uh, and South Africa overlapping family in the middle, just as a reminder. Cause yeah. um, and then everything that happened to me last year, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen the next yeah. moment. And just, 
Yeah. You got to prepare, but also be in the moment and can't live in the past, um, which is hard. Yeah. 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 I mean, that that was, uh, like I said, we just never dealt with that. Yeah. (laughs) That was the first time dealing with that kind of, dealing with loss. And loss is tough. to To that degree. But yeah, I mean, we're doing, I'd say everybody's doing really well. Yeah. Right now. Uh, luckily that's good. I mean, my brother, he's actually, he's, he, um, he's opening up a restaurant in Charlotte, which one Uh, it's not, he's a, he's a managing partner. He's like a partner in it, um, called, uh, Jupiter grill, Jupiter grill. It's, um, opening, I think it's up, it's out in like Ballantyne, but it's a company from Pittsburgh that he, um, he's opening the first one down here and they have plans for some more, but he, they're, he's blowing up a picture of him and our dad, and putting it like at the front of the restaurant. That's special. Um, so just different things like that. Like, you know, we all wanted to do certain things. Like I want, I wanted the tattoo. I was like, that's the thing that I want to kind of honor him. But also like, cause I want it right there in front of me. I don't. And if I couldn't have got it in the place that I did, like right on my wrist, right above mm-hmm. my watch, like I wouldn't have gotten it. Cause I was like, that's the spot I want it. I want it there. So I see it all the time. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want it in a place where I can't see it all the time. So we all have our things where, you know, it's, it's helping us. Like this helped me yeah uh kind of get through it um you know i've never thought i would get a tattoo honestly but i knew that if i did it would be this and mm-hmm. i said that for years that if i would get my dad's signature just because I, I always loved it since it I was is a kid. it's a beautiful signature yeah and um so then all this happened and i was like that kind of helped me you know at, you know after he was gone i was still so focused on this that i was it was you know like i was still with him kind of yeah and uh, he's still right in front be of me with yeah. you and have that memory yeah. and um but, you know, tying it back into to talking, like a huge part of that was, was I had, I already had the therapist, um, yeah. set up, which is really lucky. Um, I, I took, I took an appointment with her on the computer while we were still in the house, um, before he passed. Wow. I went to my mom's closet to find some quiet and cause I was like, I do, I don't want to miss right now. I feel like I sh- it, talking would help. Um, yeah, and I'm definitely the kind. What I've learned through talking to her is like, no matter what, if I talk, I, it helps. Um, so I made sure because I could have just been like, no, we have a lot going on. Yeah, but instead, I was able to take an hour. Somebody could have ran and grabbed me if something happened. But yep. um, she then our focus was the grief and getting through that. And uh, yet again, and I'm just gonna keep saying it to everyone <laughs> that I talk. Like talking helps so much. A hundred percent. Like uh, no matter what it is that you're going through. Yeah, even triumphs, you know, those low days, no matter what, talking yeah. helps because people can relate to you, you can relate to them, and you're able to work through or celebrate or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so do you have any advice, you know, someone who might be, um, you know, struggling with uh, bipolar or unsure if they have yeah. or what's going on, kind of um, any advice for listeners? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's... Um, like, like I said before, you don't know, uh, what you got until you, you, uh, talk about it. And it, like I said, I felt bad in a way for the, for the kid that I, I wish I knew when I was 20 or 18, that could have helped. So to me, it's kind of like, even if you just think it might be something, um, it doesn't have to be like a diagnosis or, or whatever. If you think you might have something to talk about, like it's, it's always going to be worth it because, um, it's like, if you might find out something, you might find, find out something that maybe you don't want to find out if that makes sense. Like you might have something going on that you need to get fixed or, or addressed or talk to somebody or get medicine or whatever. Um, but you like, just don't feel shame about it as like, 
cliche as that is, mm-hmm. like it's this huge generational thing. What I've learned is like the difference between now and two, two generations ago, like our grandparents, what they thought about mental health or whatever they called it back then. Yeah. Like it's such a huge, like there's been so much progress and there's still like a lot more to be made. But I mean, people like our age, like that's why I said like, the other thing is like to you guys, I wanted to say like to you and KC, like just no matter what, just keep doing this. Yeah. Because it's different than like, there's, there's billions of podcasts. <laughs> Millions of them are de- dedicated to mental health, but it's, that's fine to me because it's so much different when it's somebody, you know, Mm-hmm. talking about it so like think about how many people you know yeah and how many people he knows mm-hmm. and how many people i know like anybody who's going to hear this it will automatically hit them differently because it's somebody that they know correct so like you like keep talking about community on the show like that's so that's going to help to me more than anything like that's why i wanted to come on this since since you started the show because mm-hmm. that was like it kind of lined up to like right when i was going through my stuff and you started yeah. the show like it was really kind of same time and i was like i did want to get onto the show because i was like that's going to help i'm going to say something on the show that might help somebody that 100%. i know it's just it's going to hit differently when it's somebody you know yeah and the more people that get it they get into it, especially people our age like 30 year old i'm 30 what are you 30 31 31 like men our age if yeah. we can get more people talking about just like anxiety and mental health and whatever that's all good like it can only be good yeah there can be no negative from this yeah. it can only help people yeah um, cause we're all struggling. And like you said, it hits closer to home when you know somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely needs to be talked about more. It's come a long ways, as you said, but, um, community is big. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like reach out to us, to yeah. <laughs> reach out to anybody. Um, because it, it, like there is a, if it might be easier to talk to a stranger and that, that definitely can be the case where you may, you might not feel comfortable bringing up this depending on what your relationship is with your friends or family mm-hmm. and how this like the stigma plays with with that community you have like if if, it, if you do need to talk to a stranger then there are services you can find online um or in person yeah. local people um maybe that's the route you need to go if you're uncomfortable talking to somebody that you know that you do know but hopefully the people you're around you know yeah. are accepting and you might be surprised Oh yeah. You might be surprised who's, who's really accepting and who's also going through something that's similar. Yeah. Cause when you open up, it allows someone else to open up yeah. and share their secrets. And yeah, I'd be willing to bet that if you open up about it, you're going to find somebody that you might be surprised that is also going through something similar. So a hundred percent. Well, before we close, is there anything else you want to say or, um, no, I mean, I just, I appreciate y'all doing this. Um, because, I was one of the people that like it hit me differently because I was like, oh man, somebody I know. I can go on Spotify and find millions of podcasts, but like I'm gonna listen to this one because it's somebody that I know. Yeah. Um, and it hit me more. So just like I said, just I'll just keep doing it because you know, I don't know. I, I hope you guys are getting good feedback with it. Yeah, but we are. I would just say no matter what, if I were you, just keep doing it. If you're enjoying it, just keep doing it because it's definitely helping. Yeah, because I mean, I think you might have even said it, and I've said it in past episodes whether this helps one person or a million people, you know, that's my goal, at least to help one person. Cause all the shit I've been through, I've put myself through, I've put my family through and, you know, friends and people around me, um, through it's, you know, we're all going through something and, um, yeah, just talking about it helps and, um, can alleviate that pain for someone who's never talked about it. Yeah. 
for sure. Well, uh, Tim, yeah, thanks for coming on. It's been Absolutely. an honor. Um, I know you got wife and kids at home, but yeah. uh, thank Hopefully you. Hopefully they're in bed at this point. Yeah, give you a little night off, <laughs> relax. <laughs> well, wife, she didn't want to give me nights off. It's fine. All well, right. cool. Uh, thank you all for tuning in this week to the Rabbit Hole Show. If you got any questions comments want to come on the show uh please send us an email uh that email is the rabbit hole show 21 at gmail.com and then uh give us a follow uh and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to spot spotify youtube apple podcast um uh, follow us on instagram for more content uh thank y'all and stay tuned for next week's episode cool, cool. thanks man Thank you.